ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Thursday, June 22nd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. I'm with you until 6 o'clock, and we're going to get you home safely for those of you on your drive right now at 304-396-TALK. The text in 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of the show. You can also find me on Twitter, and that's at Paul Swan. we got a lot to get into, a lot that we didn't touch on yesterday. Yesterday, of course, was a pretty special day. If you weren't with us on the show yesterday, you should go back and get that episode on our podcast, and it's available now. Yesterday, Marshall baseball coach Greg Beals joined me, and that was after I attended the presser that took place at the construction site for the new Marshall baseball park. Well, it got a name yesterday. The Board of Governors approved that. It's going to be Jack Cook Field, which is fantastic. It always should have been Jack Cook Field. I don't think there should have been any real solid debate or deliberation for any other naming scheme. It's Jack Cook Field. It's the best thing you can do for him is to name it after him. The only regret, again, as someone I would like to have seen him see it. But with that said, this is the next best possible thing that we can see happen with this ballpark. So, we had Coach on yesterday. We heard from Christian Spears. Both should be proud of what they've been able to accomplish so far with this baseball program and this project. So that was the majority of yesterday's show. If you missed any of that, you can go back and get that again. It's on our podcast. We do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can go back and listen to all of that content. So we've got to get into a lot of things happening today. I didn't get a chance to talk about the Cayman Islands Classic with you, which Marshall is a part of. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about the basketball tournament. The teams and matchups have been set for the West Virginia portion of it. I also didn't have a chance to get into with you the NBA draft. That's coming up tonight. Tavion Kinsey is a draft prospect. A lot of analysis on him has put him as a potential second rounder or definitely a undrafted free agent. He's got an opportunity tonight to be drafted. So if we go based on the second round, that's where we think he's going to land. It starts with Detroit and it goes all the way down to Milwaukee at 58th. Where do you think Tavion is going to end up tonight? Is he going to be drafted in the second round, or is he going to be an undrafted free agent? And if that's the case, here's the question. If he gets drafted in the second round, not where you want him to go, but that is an entertaining option to talk about, where do you think he will go? Not where you necessarily want him to go, but where do you think he will end up? Which team in the second round will take a chance on him? Or if he's not picked up, by any of the teams in the draft, which team might give him a phone call as an undrafted free agent? Where might he go after? And the good news there is if there are a lot of teams that are after you, after the draft is over, you have a little bit more control of where you might want to go. You have no control here. The goal is to get drafted. Of course, that's the better money. But if you don't get drafted and you're still sought after, you have a little bit more control So where do you think he might end up if he goes that route, if he has to be an undrafted free agent, but 
With that said, do you think he's going to get drafted tonight in the second round? Will there be a team that goes to the podium and has the commissioner call his name? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We talked about it a few days ago. Which teams do you not want him on? And, of course, I don't want him anywhere near the Celtics. A lot of you agreed with me, and I appreciate that. Celtics, Knicks came up. Don't want him with the Knicks. Don't want him with the Grizzlies. Some people just want him to go, and I get that as well. If you look at the second round, unless there's some trading that happens, you have Detroit picking first in the second round, followed by Indiana, San Antonio, Charlotte, then Boston, then Orlando, then Oklahoma City. Sacramento would be picking in the second round. Charlotte has another pick in the second round. Denver, then Charlotte again, Washington, Portland, San Antonio. Then we get down to the latter half of this here. San Antonio, Memphis, Atlanta, the Lakers, the Clippers. There's some thought there maybe because he worked out with the Lakers and there was a a thought there that maybe the Lakers would take a, a serious look at him. So he could go in the second round. He could be a Laker. There's Cleveland. Now, if we're talking about teams that he could go to, that would be cool for us to be able to go watch Tavion play and maybe have a little rooting interest. That would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. If he could get drafted with Cleveland and stick, make the roster, and play for Cleveland, that would increase interest, I think, a lot in this area for Cleveland. The last time that people were truly interested in Cleveland is when LeBron James was playing. And... I don't think that that's going to really boost it the way LeBron boosted it. But at least immediately in our minds in the local area, yeah, that would make Cleveland a lot more interesting because you would tune in you want to see how Tavion's playing. But if he doesn't go to Cleveland, then there's still Oklahoma City. There's Brooklyn. There's Phoenix. There's Minnesota. Sacramento picks again. Indiana. And then rounding it all out, we have Memphis and We also have Washington and Milwaukee that's up there as well. So here you go. These are your draft choices. Where does Tavion go? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And, of course, if Tavion doesn't make a team tonight with the NBA draft, he's going to be on another team where he might be able to showcase himself a little bit more and we can get a, a better look at maybe some that are still undecided on him, and that's the TBT. So we'll get into that. The tournament matchups were announced yesterday, so we're going to break that down. Also want to talk to you about the Cayman Islands Classic. All of that came out yesterday. We had so much to get into yesterday, but it was mostly baseball because, again, that's a special story. That's an absolutely once-in-a- Lifetime, I know that's a that's a term that gets thrown out there a lot, but it is once in a lifetime. When the ballpark opens, you could be among the first people to ever step foot into that, and you could also be among the first people to ever step foot into a true, a true Marshall baseball park. Not just a a borrowed field or played in a different city. Honestly, Marshall baseball has never had it good. And so here it is. Here it is. Finally, it's happening. And a lot of people said it wouldn't wouldn't happen. It's not going to get done. 
And I was okay with the old site. I know the old site needed a lot of prep work, but I was okay with where they were going to put that. I didn't have a problem with that. But where they're putting it now, right next to softball, I'm okay with that. I really think that that's probably the better option, to be honest. The view is going to be better. Absolutely, the view is going to be better as well. And once they get all of that cleaned up, it's going to be a really nice ballpark and a nice view. Nice way to go watch a baseball game. Nice place. So hopefully that's going to really start to bring some new life into that corner of Huntington. But I never thought I would step foot in a true Marshall baseball park. And now I step foot on a partially constructed, still under construction ballpark yesterday and saw what it's going to look like, or at least tried to envision what it's going to look like. And don't forget, it's going to have all the modern amenities. It's going to have a state-of-the-art, I hope, state-of-the-art clubhouse for the players. It's going to have brand-new video board. And that's a Sunbelt mandate, by the way. That's something the Sunbelt, I don't want to say demands, but it's something that you have to you have to adhere to. If you're going to be in the Sunbelt this is how Sunbelt teams look. This is how Sunbelt teams operate. This is what our facilities standards are. If you're going to be in the Sunbelt, you have to meet these standards to be in the Sunbelt. Did Conference USA really ever have that type of a standard? That if you're going to be in Conference USA, this is what we require of you you have to make this commitment. You have to make this level of commitment to facilities. You have to make this level of commitment to amenities. You have to make this level of commitment. You can't just skirt in and be a member of Conference USA. I never heard that. If it was there, I'm not familiar with it. But with the Sun Belt, that's a lot better. And I think we're going to see the facilities at Marshall, including baseball, benefit from having those requirements. Because if you want to be a Sun Belt school, you're going to have to be up to standard, up to spec. And that was a little bit of what the Board of Governors were trying to get done yesterday with the naming of the field as well, but approving the budget for scoreboards and not just for football, but making sure that the other fields got their scoreboards as well, their video boards. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Where do you like Tavion Kinsey's chances tonight? Where do you like him to be? You think that Tavion is going to be a high second-round draft pick, a low second-round draft pick, or will he end up an undrafted free agent? All things are possible. Does he end up with the Lakers? Could he be playing for Phoenix? Could he go to Memphis? Those are some of the teams that will be picking him a second round. Where do you think he's going to go tonight? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll get into the Cayman Islands Classic. That's announced for basketball We'll talk about the TBT a little bit more with you. And it doesn't directly impact Marshall, but the MAC challenge with the Sun Belt, the MAC Sun Belt challenge. We got the bracket, or at least the, the pairings, yesterday. And, of course, Marshall's not in this, and there's a reason why Marshall's not in this. Marshall already plays MAC teams. So I'm kind of curious, would in the future – Marshall lessen its load of MAC teams on the schedule so it can be a part of this event? Or would Marshall continue to not be a participant in this event because already 
Marshall schedules MAC teams. We'll talk about that when we continue. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That is our text line on Twitter. I'm Paul Swan, at Paul Swan. Easy to find. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, June 22nd edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is open. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. A couple of predictions have come in. Where Tavion Kinsey might end up in the draft. Second round is what we're, we're predicting. I mean, look, if he's picked in the first round, I'm good. I'd be completely happy with that. The second round is where a lot of the experts think he might end up. Some are saying that the Lakers could be the team. I've got a couple of texts that say they think that the Lakers are going to pull the trigger and pick Tavion Kinsey. A couple of you said that maybe Oklahoma City, possibly a late-round draft pick. He could go to Milwaukee, 58 and again, this is if the draft order stays. There could be a lot of, a lot of. I don't want to say trades. A lot of that's already happened. But I'd like to see him go with the Lakers. If I'm going to pick 47th, I want to see Tavion Kinsey go 47th to the Lakers. I'm sure a lot of people like to see him go higher. And that's fine. He can go higher, but he can't go 35th to the Boston Celtics. That's all I'm going to say on that subject. He can't go 35th to the Boston Celtics. So the text line still is open, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Now, draft night's tonight. TBT is coming up as well. Tavion's going to be a member of Heard That. Heard That in the West Virginia Regional. And Best Virginia, the number one seed, going to face off against uh, Dubois' Dream at number eight. Number two seed is Sideline Cancer, going to face off against the number seven seed, Ram Nation. That's a VCU alumni team. And then number three seed, Challenge ALS Florida, which is a combination of Florida TNT and Challenge ALS from last year, will go up against number six, Dogtown, which is a Georgetown alumni team. Heard that, the number four seed, and will face off against number five seed, Zoo Crew, which is a Pitt alumni team. So if Heard That wins its game, the team will advance to face the winner of Best Virginia versus Dubois' Dream. Do you think that we're going to see that Dream matchup once again? I'm sure the organizers are hoping so, that we see that. But as a four seed, it's always tough because you're getting a five seed. And Zoo Crew, the Pitt alumni team, is this the one time of the year that Marshall fans will root for Best Virginia to beat a team and the TBT, and then WVU fans will root for the Marshall team to beat a team and the TBT for two reasons. One, to see the matchup between the two alumni teams, and also because, let's be honest, Heard That is facing off against Zoo Crew, which is a Pitt alumni team, and there's not a Mountaineer fan in his or her right mind that would cheer for anything that is pit. Am I right on that? I don't think I'm telling any lies. Tell me when I lie. Because I would think that 
you would begrudgingly go, all right, I'm taking her that because I don't like Pitt. Get him next round. But first round, heard that, taking on Zoo Crew. Got to beat those Pitt guys first. I would think that would be the prevailing attitude around here. Tell me if I'm lying. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. Yeah, I'm rooting for Best Virginia over Dubois' team. Dubois' dream. I'm rooting for them. Yeah, I want to see the matchup. Because look at the roster. Look at the roster. Elmore, one of the all-time greats. One of my all-time favorites. Jared West, one of the all-time greats. Tavion Kinsey, an iconic player for Marshall basketball. Stevie Browning, one of my all-time favorites as well. Rondell Watson, another iconic all-timer. Ryan Taylor, iconic. Ryan Taylor is iconic. James Kelly, another one of those iconic Marshall players. And then you pick up Ja'Cory Williams on the roster. You got Derek Cook Jr. from Wyoming. He's on the team. Luke Fisher from Marquette. You have a couple of other players. Rashid uh, Suleiman from Duke, Maryland. And then the kid from um, UNC, J.P. Takato. Top to bottom, this is probably the best herd that team I've seen. This is absolutely the best herd that team that I've seen. Is this team good enough to get to the second round? I think so. Is this team good enough to beat Best Virginia? Tavion Kinsey's on the team now. And the other thing that's going to interest me about this tournament is, and again, if Tavion's drafted and he goes to the NBA, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work with this thing, but let's say for argument's sake that we're going to see Tavion in the TBT. But the opportunity here is for for Tavion, we'll see how he works against more experienced guys, bigger guys, pros, guys that have been pros. Let's see how he works, how he looks. That would be fun to see. Hopefully he'll be able to showcase himself if he has to go this way. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter writes in, okay, CM Paul. Nice AEW reference there. No lies, but as a Herd fan, I'm also never rooting for Best Virginia. The name itself is an insult to Marshall. I hope they lose for always and ever. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I don't know if Best Virginia is an insult to Marshall, though. I don't think it's. I think it's more of a dig at Virginia than anything. I don't think that's a direct drop of shade towards Heard That or Marshall. I don't think that's the shade there. I think the shade is against Virginia, but we'll take it. But, yeah, no lies here. Yeah. By the way, as a side note with the AEW reference, did anybody watch Collision the other night, Saturday night, on the debut episode CM Punk came back? If you know who I'm talking about, you probably tuned in. If you don't know who I'm talking about, it was good stuff. If you like professional wrestling. It looked really good. That was a fun show. So, side note there. Yes, we do make wrestling references now and then on the program. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. No lies. Tell me when I lie. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is still going at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 
and AM 930. Yesterday, we didn't have a chance to talk about the Cayman Islands Classic. The bracket is out. And, of course, the herd is going to be in the tournament taking on Utah State November 19th. Utah State, going to be 5 p.m. Now, here's how it's going to play out. If Marshall wins its first game, the herd will advance to the next round and face either FIU or Akron on November 20th. The second game will be played on either November 20th at 5 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. Marshall's final game of the tournament will take place on November 20th. We don't know the opponent just yet. So the specific time for that also won't be decided until this thing progresses. So here's how it's going to look. You got Oakland versus Drake in this thing. Okay, Oakland versus Drake. That's not a bad – if you look for name and just go by name alone, this might not excite you. But Oakland versus Drake, okay, I might actually watch that. Loyola Marymount versus Stephen F. Austin. All right. Name value? Maybe not. Quality of basketball? Might be pretty good. And then FIU versus Akron. You're thinking, okay. But wait, Paul. Wasn't this this tournament supposed to get Marshall closer to playing some higher profile, higher caliber teams? Yes, but this thing changed bracket changed a little bit. So I'll say this, while it might not be the most exciting bracket of all time, if Marshall can walk away with a few wins from this, you're going to get some value out of it because you're on a neutral location. Okay, that's going to that's going to be important. You're also going to be taking on D1 teams, solid D1 teams. Okay, that's going to help. And I'm not trying to drop shade on anybody, but it's going to sound that way and so be it. I'd rather see Marshall play in an event like this than play in one of those, let's bring a lot of teams in that are really low caliber so we can get a multitude of games in. Let's not load the schedule up with those lower level teams, shall we? Let's not do that anymore. I know Marshall had a tremendous season record-wise. I know. I would rather Marshall load the schedule up with a little bit more degree of difficulty early on, then get into conference, get it all put together, win the conference, get into the NCAA tournament. Or maybe you win some of those higher degree of difficulty games and you go into conference and you do really well. And if you don't win the conference title, maybe you've done a good enough job, you get an at-large. Absolutely. I would rather take this than any of the, I don't want to call them buy-me games, but you're bringing in games to get home games. Absolutely, bringing in teams to get home games. And I'd rather see Marshall on the road a little bit more if it means playing some higher caliber teams. I would rather see Marshall on the road to improve the degree of difficulty. And honestly, maybe you take a money game or two. There's nothing wrong with one or two money games. If you're trying to build this program, you increase the degree of difficulty. You take a money game. Now, I'm not saying load up on them. Let's not be ridiculous here. But take a money game. Take one. Take two if you need to. Go take one of those high-degree difficulty games and get the payout. Play well. And if you don't play well, you play against a higher-caliber opponent, you can see where you need to improve. And I think that goes for any any team on the schedule. 
any any school should try to balance the schedule where you have you get games you can win, you get games where the outcome is in question, and you get games that are going to be really monumental challenges. I think you should balance it out this way because you got games that okay, there's something to be said for hey, you know what, we got this win, feel good, we know how to win. You know, we needed a game like this. Then there's a game where, okay, this is going to be a tough challenge. And then there's a game that, okay, we know it's a money game, but, hey, we could go up there and do something. I mean, how many people thought Marshall was going to beat Notre Dame? Raise your hand if you seriously thought, not you were hoping, but you seriously thought and believed in your heart Marshall was going to beat Notre Dame in football last year. And I'm sure some of you will say, yeah, I believe all the way. And some of you will have believed all the way. But for a lot of people, that was a – a shock to the system a little bit, and it was a special time because Marshall went in and knocked off Notre Dame. And those things don't happen if you don't go up against schools like that. So that's the point of this tournament, and I hope that Marshall takes advantage of more of these opportunities. I'd like to see the degree of difficulty continue to improve for Marshall basketball. It's a program which, if it's run right and it's managed well, it can be a profit center for you. Basketball can make you money. Basketball can take you places. Marshall has a better shot of getting into the NCAA tournament than football does getting into the college football playoff in its current configuration. Now, when that gets changed, Marshall's going to have a better chance or more of an opportunity to access that thing. But... NCAA tournament, Marshall's been in, not very often, but Marshall's been in it. Marshall has a clear path to get to it. Part of that is to build your resume up the best way you possibly can, and I'm okay with Marshall taking some games like this. And I think a game against Oakland or Drake or Stephen F. Austin is going to do a lot more than, say, taking a game against some of the past teams that have come in no no disrespect meant but at some point there's got to be a line a threshold that okay we're not dropping down to take this game unless you desperately need to or you just you want an easy one to open it up that's fine I get that hey let's let's get an easy one so we can just go against a you know a team we're gonna play a game against the team now if you want to take some of the in-state teams and play them that's fine I'm not against those Absolutely not. You want to play a couple of the in-state teams every year, that's fine. Rotate them in. I would be all right with that. But if you're going to not play a team in Division One, if you're not going to go D1, I would limit those. I would keep those to in-state teams. That's where I would go with that. And, of course, scheduling realities are – it's very difficult sometimes to schedule. So you got to take the games you can take. But I would also – Try my very best to try to ramp that schedule up every single year. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And the reason for that is I like watching wins as well. I like watching the team win, but I like watching good games. I like watching good competitive games. A lot of the games in the NBA and Stanley Cup final bored me, not because the teams weren't good. It's just one team was dominating another and that got a little old after a while. So I want to see some games, some real challenging, fun games. And it'll help with the profile as well. Your thoughts, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's show. We always talk to you at 304-396-TALK. That's our text line. You can do that anytime during the show. 304-396-8255. If you are looking for a way to talk to me after the show, you're listening to the podcast right now. I've got a special place for you. It's at Paul Swan on Twitter. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me during or after the show. And, of course, we appreciate everyone who listens live or on the podcast. For tuning in to the drive. Sunbelt released the first matchups for the Max Sunbelt Challenge. If you're not familiar with this, it seems that basketball is a little bit more of a priority now for the Sunbelt, trying to improve the footprint, improve the overall caliber of the league. And so the Max Sunbelt Challenge is a scheduling alliance, how it's described, and men's and women's basketball between the Mid-American Conference and the Sunbelt Conference. The challenge kicks off during the opening week of the 23-24 season in November. The 12 Sunbelt Conference men's basketball programs will travel to compete against the 12 MAC teams that are participating, while the 12 MAC women's basketball teams that are participating will visit 12 Sunbelt programs. The second MAC Sunbelt Conference Challenge contest for each team is scheduled for Saturday, February 10th, with the matchups based on real-time net rankings. So you're on the road for one, and then you're going to play host to one. So the MAC women and Sunbelt men will host the February matchups. Each MAC and Sunbelt team is guaranteed one home and one away game each season. So you're not going to be in a situation where you're going to go on the road twice. You get one home, you get one road. They're scheduling this with assistance from a group called or- Ordinal Sports Group. This is a group that's helping with the net data, geography, past contest frequency to determine matchup, and the reason for this to strengthen the success of the Sunbelt Conference in men's and women's basketball. So some of the key matchups. What do you think? James Madison at Kent State. What do you think of that one? Louisiana at Toledo. Southern Miss at Akron on the women's side. Some of the higher-level games, Toledo at James Madison. Bowling Green at Texas State. And Akron at Southern Miss. And each of these games are going to be broadcast on an ESPN platform. So there's ESPN considerations. The schedule for the first go-around here, Wednesday, November 8th, is going to be Troy at Ohio. So Troy gets to go to Athens. I'll watch that one. I'm interested in that one, actually. And then Thursday, November 9th, is the James Madison-Kent State matchup. Saturday, November 11th, the bulk of these games, Southern Miss at Akron, Louisiana at Toledo. It's going to be Old Dominion at Ball State. South Alabama at Buffalo. Arkansas State at Bowling Green. App State at Northern Illinois, Texas State at Miami, Georgia Southern at Eastern Michigan. Wow, I never would have imagined that matchup. Georgia Southern at Eastern Michigan, Georgia State at Western Michigan, and ULM at Central Michigan. On the women's side, on November 8th is the Toledo at James Madison matchup. On November 9th, Northern Illinois at Arkansas State and Central Michigan at South Alabama. 
on the November 10th date, it's Western Michigan at Georgia State. And then it's a little spread out. Sunday, November 12th, one game, Kent State at Louisiana. Then the rest of the games on Saturday, November 11th, Ball State at Troy, Eastern Michigan at Georgia Southern, Akron at Southern Miss, Buffalo at Old Dominion, Bowling Green at Texas State, Ohio, the ladies will take on App State, and Miami is going to travel to ULM. And then we reverse this, just not with the matchups, just with the which team will get to play host to the opponent. It's not a bad configuration. I'm actually a little bit more interested in it now that I see it. As a Marshall fan, though, would you want to see Marshall in this situation? Would you like to see Marshall in a situation where, honestly, would you rather Marshall maybe not schedule so many MAC teams and then just go ahead and get into something like this so you, you get an opportunity to be in this? Or are you good? And that's a big reason why Marshall's not going to be in this thing, because Marshall already has a lot of MAC teams in and out of the schedule on a yearly basis. Dan's good with playing some of the MAC teams. It's already a thing for Marshall. I wouldn't be able to believe Marshall would want to get into this based on just how Marshall schedules. Also, I could see Marshall, if this was a Sunbelt Conference USA thing, I could see Marshall go, no, we're good. Been there, done that. I think Southern Miss would go, yeah, we're good. Been there, done that as well. But if you're going to do a, a challenge, I think the Mac's probably your best option. Basketball's good. Geography's not bad. This is going to be your best option right here to have a matchup if you're trying to improve the schedule. So you want to have the better teams play the better teams. And, of course, you're trying to make sure that more teams get exposure and you're going to use the net to try to figure out which matchups need to happen, and that's going to be interesting as well. So I can't wait to see how it goes. I don't think I would want Marshall in this right now, only because of the way the schedule goes. But at the same time, I see where the league is doing something. It makes a little bit more sense. That's what I like about this league. I don't think that the league does things just to do it, and I don't think the league is trying to just cruise. It's an aggressive league when it comes to trying to improve its standing. And let's be honest, there's nothing wrong with being one of the best of the rest. I don't think the Sun Belt's going to roll around yelling P6, but in a way, it kind of worked for the American. It kind of worked for the American. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back with you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.